0: Hi, This is Elliot Fishman welcome back to part three of our talk on the kidneys. Now we were developing uh, the concepts of functional imaging so what about the nephrographic phase which typically people say 60 to 90. I like it 60 to 70 seconds. It's the phase that's optimal for looking at venous involvement whether it's the renal vein or IVC. Uh, When we look at the accuracy, this article from Hopkins published a number of years back showed it was basically one-to-one. We were always accurate 100% of the time. We may not always see the intrarenal venous involvement, but it doesn't matter the patient's getting a nephrectomy. Uh, We could always see the uh, renal vein, the dominant renal vein, as well as IVC with high degree of accuracy. Now, I mentioned in the last talk that we do a good job even arterial phase in this case seeing renal vein and ivc involvement but you know particularly when the extension is not hypervascular it's hard to say what's happening distally what the exact margins are but if you go to venous phase imaging it's a whole lot easier to see to see the borders to see the upper extent again you can see nicely here on the arterial phase you see it well But in the venous phase, when you have the hepatic veins filled, the IVC well opacified, you can see precisely the extent of involvement. Now in terms of invasion, clear cell, obviously the more vascular lesions, the more aggressive lesions. Here's a nice example of extensive neovascularity, tumor growth into the patient's renal vein. You see the AV shunting, the extensive vascularity. And on the venous phase, nicely showing you the renal vein involvement, which is also nicely shown looking at the cinematic rendering. You could see it right there very well. And cinematic is very good, both showing you the changes in perfusion of the kidney, as well as tumor, as well as invasion. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on cinematic on this talk. We're going to probably do some additional talks about that. But this article just uh, was, came out a while ago, and there's another article in abdominal imaging in July talking about a cinematic rendering provides potentially more information in terms of renal tumor and extent, and potentially based on the texture mapping can be very helpful to us. Another example, here's a solid mass, clear cell renal cell carcinoma left kidney. You see the that the neovascularity. You see it again here. You see it on the 3D maps, on the MIP, the volume rendering. You also see very nicely the posterior view. And again, the cinematic is really ideal for doing surgical planning. And I think things like OcuLens to look at this will indeed be spectacular. And again, just changing the viewing parameters, extent and tumor volume, tumor appearance, planning the partial nephrectomy. Again, multiple images I'm showing you, but you really get the feel of the information we can provide to the uh, treating urologist. Now, when we talk about phases, the last phase to talk about would be the urogram. Now, we don't do CT urography only. We do multiple phases, but the urogram was something people toyed around with getting prone and supine and delayed and more delayed. Then of course, the radiation dose issue came in and the protocols we use, which was always just do supine, just do it about five minutes has worked out well. Um, when you look at our technique, the things we try to do are make things simple. Give the patient water so the patient excretes contrast. Have the bladder distended, don't let the patient go to the bathroom. Um, so you have good looks at the bladder. And also we do 3D imaging and so if you wait more than five minutes the contrast gets very dense in the kidney, you get tremendous beam hardening artifact, and then you miss small transitional cell carcinomas, you miss things like papillary necrosis. So getting an eight minute delay, the only time I'll get to eight minutes perhaps if I'm doing a UPJ obstruction, but I'm not going to do that routinely. When we do CT we look at things from the axial through coronal through the 3D volume rendering. And with our technique in about 95% of the time, you get really good studies. And so examples, very nice look at the calices, nice look at the ureter. And we can do that with a negative display, which can be helpful. Or in this example, very nice opacification, duplicated left collecting system, and you can see the merging. As I mentioned, the delay, a lot of people like long delays, but again, they're five minutes or less, four to five minutes works great. The other thing to think about is if you have a scanner, you're doing 25 patients, 30 patients a day, five minutes a patient makes a lot of time difference. But besides that time difference, the density, when you wait too long, the things get too dense. It just doesn't work out well. Now, when we talk about CT urography or excretory phase imaging, the tumor that always comes to mind is transitional cell carcinoma. It makes about 10% of tumors of the kidney. The age range is about the same. Um, a bit more common in men than women, about three to one. And it's one of the tumors that is multicentric. You see a bladder TCC, you'll then see a urinary, or you'll see a kidney, or if you see a kidney, you might see a urine and a bladder. It may recur later or it may at presentation be multifocal. And this idea of multiplicity and recurrence uh, is very, very common. 40% of patients with upper tract transitional eventually will develop bladder cancer. Uh, it's important to think about the appearance of these tumors. Uh, transitional cells, particularly early when they're really curable, are often missed. There's a range of appearances. Now, of course, when you have a tumor-filled calices or amputation, large masses, you're not gonna miss things, but when you have single or multiple or sessile filling defects or pelviceal seal irregularities, it's much easier to miss. In fact, when you have big tumors, there's not a problem of saying it's there, but saying am I dealing with a TCC, or maybe it's a renal cell, or maybe it's lymphoma, or maybe it's METS. So I'll show you some examples. In this case, look at the right kidney. Kidneys have functioned symmetrically, there's no obstruction, but what's that soft tissue density? Let me circle it for you right there. What is that? And I see it again on the coronal view. What is that? Well, if I go to the excretory phase, you see the calyces are now distorted. You can see the pelvis has a filling defect. And when you go to the coronal view, you really see the destruction and tumor of the renal pelvis extending in the upper pole calyces on the right and on the CT read uh, the images with MIP, you really see the destruction of the pelvis and calyces, very classic transitional cell carcinoma. Another example, look at the left kidney, you see the look at the left renal pelvis. You don't see any perfusion changes, but if you look really hard, there's a soft tissue mass a little over a centimeter in the left renal pelvis, and I've circled it for you. You see the touch better on the coronal views. But look how much more obvious it is on the excretory views. So filling defects with transitional cell carcinomas when small often are, they don't cause perfusion changes, but they are sitting in there and they're detectable as long as you're careful. You can see there's no beam hardening off the calyces here. It's a really nice look. And then when you go to cinematic, you see the lesion right in the calyces so you should be able to recognize it so for example if it was a case for only arterial phase imaging this may be your only chance to recognize an incidental transitional cell carcinoma when you do more 3d imaging you can see the filling defect the destruction of the lower pole calyces very nicely shown now i mentioned sometimes it's hard to say it's transitional because this case is an infiltrating tumor and you might think of transitional cell But look at the renal vein involvement. You almost never see renal vein involvement with transitional cell carcinoma. Well, almost never is not the same thing as never. This was a TCC with extensive infiltration and extension into the renal vein. Now you can see here the infiltration of the upper pole of the kidney. That's a very, very good look for transitional. But sometimes people will say, well, maybe it's just a clear cell or a papillary. Again, perfusion changes can be helpful, but you can see this is a large transitional cell carcinoma and the renal vein involvement is again very unusual. And you could see I'm showing you a number of images with that presentation, but it can be challenging for you. When you look at the reconstructed views, again, the infiltration of the upper pole, the amputation of the upper pole calices, and you put it in 3D MIP, you can see the structure of the upper pole calyces. So again, I would not have a problem diagnosing TCC in this case, but often it's the 3D images that really make me understand it better. Another example, in this case, you look and the patient has hematuria, and the left kidney looks irregular and small, and you give contrast, and it doesn't enhance as well as the right kidney, so you're worrying, but then you look and you say, well, maybe this is just the UPJ. But then you've got to look closer. Look at the patient's proximal ureter. Okay, what's happening there? Now maybe it's just not a pacified cause of peristalsis. Maybe it's not a pacified cause of the UPJ. But if you look hard, you begin to wonder, is there like a trickle effect? Is there something infiltrating the proximal left ureter? You see, in the right side, you have a gap there, but this may be just transitory, or maybe we're dealing with tumor, or maybe we're dealing with nothing. But if you look harder on the left you see the infiltration of the proximal ureter up to the pelvis that's a transitional cell carcinoma. It's subtle but you got to make the call. Now people often say well the reason you should wait longer is you'll have more contrast and you'll pick up small transitional cells. Well I understand that but that's not always the case because we remember from IVP days you can wait hours for things to opacify. The other thing I like to think about when we do small bowel, we use water as a contrast agent or if a patient's obstructed, the water shows the transition point. The same thing with the ureter. A dilated ureter has urine and you wanna look at the transition. So in this case, it's hydronephrosis. There's no excretion beyond the calyces, but you track the ureter down when you see a transition point and you rotate around and you recognize there is narrowing, which you then see when you look at the axial views but you can see on the coronals, you see the transition very nicely. Unfortunately, the patient has a liver lesion, but you can see that transition is what's called a goblet sign, okay? It was called an IVP days goblet sign, and you can see very nicely the transition. There's the patient's tumor. So it's an infiltrating transitional cell carcinoma, very nicely shown in this example. So when we talk about the kidneys, this talk is on kidneys, but you really have to mention the ureter because we talk about the fact that transitional cell carcinomas can involve the kidney, the ureter, and or bladder, or two of them at the same time. And the most common thing we see in the ureter is thickening. Sometimes ureteral enhancement is a sign, but you can see that with infection as well. Rarely calcification or fat stranding. hydronephrosis, and hydroureter are obviously common. Lesions are most common in the ureter in the distal aspect compared to the mid or proximal ureter. And transitional carcinoma, transitional cell accounts for 90% of ureteral tumors uh, and the other tumors like squamous or adeno are very uncommon. Age is basically the same. And again, we've mentioned the ureters can be somewhat problematic because there's a great tendency to focus on the kidneys and maybe the bladder and ignore the ureters. But we talk about the proper technique allows us to diagnose even the most subtle ureteral tumors. And with 3D, we can accentuate subtle strictures, sites of narrowing, abnormal enhancement. And we can look for really, to me, the transitions are the most important thing. So in this case, there's right hydronephrosis. And yes, you see a mass. This is not subtle and you give contrast and there you see the mass again, the ureter is thickened and you follow that down and there's the mass in the ureter. Okay, that's easy. Now, there's been some articles. When stratified by location, urethelial thickening was more predictive of tumor in the pelvic system than in the ureter. In contrast, filling defects were more predictive in the ureter than the pelvic system. So an example, you look at the two kidneys, they look pretty good. S- enhancement arterial, exc- excretion, they look about the same. If you look at the ureters quickly, they're both screening contrast, but look carefully at the right ureter. You see how smooth it is? Look at the left ureter. You can see how it's irregular. There's no doubt there's something going on. There's infiltration that was a tumor of the ureter. Now it's important to recognize that it's easy to miss these processes. It's also important to recognize that you don't need hydronephrosis or hydroureter to call your readable tumor. You may not see obstruction, and that's where people make mistakes. And we talk about how MIP imaging, as in the last case, has tremendous advantages. And I tell people, you need to do MIP on all kidney cases to look at the ureter. You're gonna pick up a lot of subtle tumors, subtle transitions, subtle areas of thickening, all things that are indeed very important. Now, we mentioned that enhancement of the ureter or thickening of the ureter can be a sign of, inf- of tumor. I-, I agree, but not always. This case has a lot of stranding around both kidneys and both renal pelvises and both the pelvises and ureters all show wall enhancement. So I wanna make the point that wall enhancement does not necessarily mean tumor. Tumors tend to be more focal, but something to think about. Now, what else? You can see how subtle the ureteral tumors are. Here, you see the ureters look fine, and I was looking for a source of hematuria, so I was taking the bone away, But and I show you the best image. Look at the crescent of the left ureter, okay? It's like a donut a little bit lower, it's a donut. And sure enough, look at its reconstruction on the, on the coronals. You see that filling defect in the left ureter? That's what you were seeing, a 1CM at best filling defect which is very easy to miss, but there it is with the MIP imaging. You would see there's something there. Why is the ureter not filled at that point? This case also makes a good point, and I said it before, that you don't need to have obstruction to have a ureteral tumor. People always think that's the case, but this example shows is not true. The contrast gets well past. Or this example, look at the patient's left ureter, and you can see like a donut. And I was looking again for a source of hematuria. This was very subtle, but there it is on the axials. And then look at on the reconstructions. You see a one centimeter mass, but there's no hydronephrosis, right? This makes the point how easy it is to miss things, but how successful it can be if you do things right. And here's some of the 3D MIPS on that patient, the irregularity of the ureter. And it's only one centimeter and it's not obstructing the ureter, but, You don't want to miss it. This will save the patient's life. Easy, easy to detect. Okay. And here's just one more example of that. Now, not every filling defect in the ureter is a uh, transitional cell carcinoma. Here's a filling defect, and I would call this a TCC. There it is on the coronal views. This ended up being metastatic melanoma. So the ureter gets mets from melanoma, gets mets from breast, That's the most classic, uh, can be uh, involved with lymphoma. But to me, if you see a filling defect like this, you better be thinking TCC. But like many things, you're not always gonna be right. You were sorta right, it was malignant, but you didn't get the primary right. So again, this article by Shiva Rahman talking about the importance of technique, the importance of 3D imaging, and the importance of care to make the right diagnosis. So I've now gone through three lectures with you talking about the different tumor types, how to recognize the different tumor types in better than 90% of the cases, how we're looking forward to things like radiomics and other feature sets like texture analysis for analyzing these tumors even better. I've talked about the importance of protocol, the importance of the multiple phases, what each phase buys you and why each phase is important. We've talked about some of the pitfalls And again, we talk about the fact that it's very easy to miss lesions, it's very easy to misdiagnose what lesions specifically are, and it's our job to get it right. And there are tools coming along, as I mentioned, whether it's looking at necrosis to predict outcome and response to therapy, or looking at the radiomics to predict many of the same features. I think we have a lot more to learn in the kidney and hopefully I'll be back within the next couple years to tell you more about it. And with that, have a great day. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctSS.com for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.